Welcome to the Centro Church Podcast. To find out more about Centro Church, please visit us at centrochurch.com.au or download our smartphone app today. We're starting a series tonight called How to Get What You Really, Really Want. And uh, I appreciate that you're here. I hope you're going to take some notes and I hope that uh, you're going to listen. But if all you do is listen, and if all you do is take some notes, and you don't do the questions then it's not going to be anywhere near as beneficial for you. I'm going to put four or five questions onto our Facebook site before midnight tonight. And I'm going to encourage you. Now, I know as men, we're gathering on Wednesday night now, and maybe you're not gathering in your, in your life groups or in your small groups just yet. I get that. But even if you find one other person, you know, if you're gathering in a, uh, in a life group or in, a, in a, uh, um, a tribe or something like that, you might say, well, we're going to answer these questions. If you're not, you might just find one or two other people. And so let's have coffee together Saturday morning and answer these questions. Uh, If you don't answer the questions, then you're going to find the series, I hope, interesting. I hope to some degree even entertaining. Uh, But in terms of the level of of how beneficial you'll find it, it will drop away um, dramatically. So uh, it's going to take me four weeks to put this out there. So I hope that you're going to... Um, come each week and you're going to listen intently and, and, uh, and take this away. And uh, more than that, I hope that you take the questions and you apply the questions to your life. So let's get on the way and let's ask the question, what do you want? What do you want? Have a think about it. Answer it out loud in your mind. What do you want this is going to be a fair bit of interaction here tonight you're going to have to answer things in your mind i'm going to get you to yell stuff out so uh i do need you engaged um uh now the younger you are it's probably probably the more that you want because the less you have you're starting out you've got a lot more options however no matter what season of life you're at i want to suggest to you tonight there is something that you want it's a tricky question in fact it's a far trickier question then on the surface, you may initially observe. And whilst I haven't surveyed everybody in the room and found the top three responses to the question, what, uh, what do I want? Um, I do want to give you what I consider your answer may well be. Now, you might say, well, that wasn't my answer. Okay, that's okay. Hang with me. And I think you'll find that your answer kind of fits maybe into one of these three categories. Number one. What do I want? I want my own way. I want my own way. Uh, If you ever think about the last time you had a conflict, the last time you had a disagreement, the last time you got into a dispute with somebody, I dare say it was because you weren't getting something. And if I had to find out what it was that you weren't getting, why you were so upset, why you were so angry, why you were so cranky, What it was that you weren't getting, ultimately, it was you were not getting your own way. Now, have you ever bullied yourself into into something, I don't know, used your wits, used your large personality and sort of, you know, manipulated circumstances to to get what you wanted and then all of a sudden, kind of like, man, I thought this is what I wanted and now this isn't working for me. Have you ever said to your mother or to your father, do I have to? Anyone ever said that? Anyone had a kid to say to them, do I have to? 
you know, clean your room. <laughs> exactly. Do the dishes. And the answer is no. Nobody can make you do anything. How many know that's the truth? Once you get over a certain age, you can't be made do a thing. A certain size. No, no, no. People can't make you. People can, however, restrain you from doing things. People can stop you from doing things. You see, if you do what you want to do all the time, inevitably you'll do things that others don't want you to do. They can't make you do anything. You, by the time you're big enough to sit here tonight, listen to me, the truth is no one can ever make you do anything. However, they can stop you from doing things, and ultimately that's called prison. And uh, that's what I would say to my children. Do I have to? You don't have to. <laughs> but there is a thing one day <laughs> that if all you ever do is what you want to do, it's built specially for you. <laughs> it's not that you, uh, not that anyone can ever make you do anything, but, but they can stop you from doing just about anything. You see, here's the thing. If you do what you want to do, you will eventually end up where you don't want to be. I want you to think about this. This is a profound, not a very nice thing, but it's a profound observation. If you do what you want to do, you'll inevitably be where you don't want to be. People in this room can testify to this. Well, you did what you wanted to do. You wanted to go and do that. Then one thing led to another, led to another. And you found yourself in a place where you just didn't want to be. I want to do what I want to do. Again, I haven't got your response, but I just sort of understanding human nature. Um, uh, what do you want? Well, we want perpetual pleasure. We want perpetual pleasure. Um, now, I use the term uh, pleasure... Uh, sort of with fear interpretation because when people think of pleasure they think of <laughs> well you do uh, I was thinking football <laughs> you couldn't have said that any better for me thanks mate uh, unfortunately you were the only one with enough courage to say it everybody else thought it alright Round of applause for David for at least having the courage to say what everybody else was thinking. <laughs> you were thinking of binging on Netflix, Pete. Is that right? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Like, you know, what, what, what do I want? Well, what is it that gives me pleasure? You know, maybe it's being with a person that gives me pleasure. Maybe it's a particular experience. You know, I've done that. It was so pleasurable. Uh, maybe it was an object, an item. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's a substance. But something gives me pleasure, and I just love it, and I just want more of it, more of those luxury items. Maybe it's a hobby. I want more of that hobby. You know, one day I just want to retire, and I just want to do the hobby all day, every day, because it gives me so much pleasure. That's what I want. I want pleasure. Of course, the truth is, the truth is, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the law of diminished return. Every time something gives you pleasure, to get that same level of pleasure, next time you've got to have that much more of it. 
And this may be true of people in the room. Maybe I could get a couple of you up to testify to this if we had the time, but maybe something that was a pastime. You got into what is a pastime, you know? Just something I did casually, something I did, you know, from time to time. And the pastime became a pathway. Um, it doesn't matter if it's legal pleasure or illegal pleasure. It doesn't matter if it's, it's pleasure that you could tell everybody about or it's immoral. might not be illegal, but it might be immoral, you know. Or maybe you're not sure if it's immoral. Maybe you kind of think it's immoral, but maybe it's not immoral. Truth is, I don't want anyone to know about it. <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter whether it's, whether it's the kind of pleasure that you can do up here, you know, in front of everybody in church and everyone would uh, applaud you. Or whether it's the kind of pleasure that happens, you know, behind closed doors and you don't tell anybody about the truth is, most pleasure, if it's gotten in um, too large a quantity, can become addictive. And what starts out as exciting, you know, what starts out as thrilling, can become controlling. Can become something that determines the future and the decisions of my life. Yeah, I want my own way. Yeah, I want pleasure. And the last thing I got here, for what it's worth, and again, as I said, this may not apply, but we don't know, maybe you don't know what you want, but I'm pretty sure you know when you want it. When do we want it? Oh, you, everyone's joining for that one. <laughs> Sex, no, no, I mean now. <laughs> um, I want it now. And uh, there's a huge question about this. I want it now. This is a profound question. You might want it now. Here's the question. Do you want it later? Because how many know later is longer? And how many in this room could get up here and say, I wanted that now. I wanted him now. I wanted her now. I wanted that now. But later, I don't know if I wanted it later. I wanted it now. But later is always longer. The question really wasn't that I want it now. The larger question was, do I want it later? I think probably everybody in this room who's had regret and everybody over the age of 15 probably understands something of regret. Um, every regret, pretty much, the, the, you know the worst regret? I don't want to bring regret to you, hey, you know, in church, worshiping God, praise God, I'm free, and here he's, he's bringing me the worst regret of my life. But I wouldn't mind betting that the worst, biggest regret of your life started off, I want. You wanted it. You wanted it. You wanted it now. And you got it. And here you are later, living with this, the guilt of it, the shame of it, the, the disappointment of it. Or maybe living with the desire that, man, if I could just, you know, if I could turn back time, if I could go back and undo that, unmeet that person. How many in this room are thankful to God for unanswered prayer? Ever, ever been to a high school reunion? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you steal someone's name tag? <laughs> I knew what you used to look like. 
20 years ago I thought I wanted that <laughs> I prayed dear Jesus dear Jesus and now I looked at her and I thought dear Jesus <laughs> you know what I'm talking about don't you great fans of dear Jesus here tonight <laughs> it's, it's easy to want now the bigger question is do I want it later because later always turns out to be longer uh, C.S. Lewis I've mentioned this a few times in the last couple of weeks C.S. Lewis has written this profound book called The Great Divorce what a stupid name for a book The Great Divorce who's going to buy a book called The Great Divorce who's ever experienced a great divorce it's not really about divorce it is in a profound kind of a way if you want to think about it but we won't i won't try to take you there uh you know c.s lewis is just a genius beyond imagination for people like me but anyhow he, he's he, the idea of this book the great divorce he puts forward the idea of hell hell is according to c.s lewis in the book the great divorce this is his definition of hell it's not about satan and a pitchfork right not about you know weeping and gnashing of teeth you know and what if you have no teeth teeth will be provided you know uh it's not it's not it's not the sort of medieval view of 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 hell you know that if you grew up you know in a Sunday school you, you might have uh the the idea of of hell according to c.s lewis is everybody getting what they want now by just thinking of it so you get what you want now now some of you some of you some of you younger people go that's heaven <laughs> i thought that was heaven <laughs> i thought when i died and got to heaven i get everything i want now you're telling me that's hell i might consider my options if that's true <laughs> maybe i'd rather go there um six lewis teases out those ideas that i just threw at you to reinforce his idea that getting what you want is hell if you've got everything you want and, and and the idea is people just keep moving further and further and further apart from each other because i want you no not now not later i want this not now not later and you know the world becomes a lonelier a darker and a, uh, a less satisfying place because there's a see there's a hole inside of you that you can pour all the kingdoms of the earth and it won't fill it'll just depress you because the more of you get what you think you want and it doesn't satisfy you you get more depressed that's why in in the in, the, in the, this rich culture like australia so many people commit suicide whereas you have people in in third world countries literally risking their lives to get to live in a place like this yet there are people who live in a place like this who who can't go on living because no matter how much you get no matter what quantities of this world can be poured into your soul your soul is so shaped and so formed that it doesn't fill it the more you try and the less it fills the more like hell life becomes what you want is a very very tricky question and i'm so glad that you're here tonight to begin to investigate the depths and the significance of this question because so many people spend their entire lives enamored by what they want set a goal what kind of goal something i want save up for what something i want james 
the brother of Jesus, um, wrote a, a, a profound little letter. Could you imagine if you woke up tomorrow in the newspaper, you know, front page in the newspaper, uh, it said, you know, uh, um, transcript found written by the brother of Jesus. Could you imagine what kind of a, a uh, uh, interest that, that, whether that would create? Well, well we have it. It's, 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 in your, it's in your Bibles, and it's um, rather uh, creatively titled James. And, uh, and, uh, and he writes this on this very subject. This is so interesting. Listen to this from James chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? He's going here to the origin of every conflict that you have. And if you're sitting here tonight, I wouldn't mind betting that there are conflicts in your life. Where do those conflicts come from? Now, if you're, I don't know, living at home and you're under 12, you might, or you're, you know, 12, 13, you might say, from my mother, my mean mother. Or if you're at work, they probably come from your boss, right? Where, James, James identifies the origin of every conflict that you face. Where, what causes quiets and, and con, uh, quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, wants, that battle within you? Um, hence the C.S. Lewis concept. C.S. Lewis got his concept from this verse. What is it? It's this incredible desire that causes the conflicts that bring down the joy of your life. Because ultimately, um, the greatest robber of joy of your life is conflict with other people, isn't it? It's not the fact that you know you didn't get that car, or you. Didn't get... Basically, if you're at conflict with people, that's what steals your joy. That's what keeps you awake at night. That, that, that's what that's what disturbs you. And every conflict that you have with a person is based according to James. Anyhow, and he's the brother of Jesus. Don't fight me on this. It comes back to a want on the inside of you. A want on the inside of me. A desire. And this, this is depressing. Because <laughs> this is the human dilemma. If you get what you want, it causes a problem. And if you don't get what you want, it causes a conflict. <laughs> so you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Welcome to the human race. <laughs> Welcome to life. I hope it works for you. Because <laughs> if you don't get it, it's going to cause you conflict. If you do get it, it's going to cause you a problem. There's a war on the inside of you, and and you want stuff, don't you? I mean, you want things from people, right? I mean, I want people to respond to me in a certain way. I want people to listen. I want people to treat me with respect. You know, it's not just stuff I want. It's, 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 people's, it's the way people should treat me. Why don't you treat me a certain way? I, I want this. And, uh, and there are not just things that I want. There are things I don't want you to have. There are things I wish you didn't have. And there are, there are things that, that you have that annoy me, and, and, and I, I want you to, to lose those things. If you lost that, that would make me happy. I'm full of all these kinds of wants, and they spill out relationally onto everybody who is around about me. Now that you know this, now that you've understood this, James has made this clear, and it's the same question, isn't it? What do you want? James has basically asked that same question in a different way. 
Now he's saying that what you want, these desires, they are the sources, the origin, the beginning of every conflict that you have. That's a huge, that's a huge statement to make, isn't it? But now that you know it, next time you're angry with someone, next time you're in a, you know, an argument, a conflict with your husband or with your wife, with your son or your daughter, your mother, your father, your work colleague, this is what you, this, now you know this, this is what I want you to say. The problem is, I'm not getting what I want. Put it on the screen. We're all going to do it together. All right, we're going to practice. Next time you're having a conflict, next time you're angry, next time you're cranky, all right, the problem is I'm not getting what I want. Are you ready? One, two, three. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Rubbish. Stop. It's an attitude, okay? Come on, a little bit of sass about it. All right, we're in a conflict here. Don't, don't look at your husband, look at me, all right? Just imagine I'm him for a minute or I'm her, whatever, okay? All right, so you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. We're going to do it one more time for good measure, okay? All right? This time, I want you to imagine that you're a 15-year-old teenage girl, all right, who's just come from the hairdresser, and their haircut looks like something from the 70s, okay? I mean, you are cranky and angry, and, the, and oh, this has been the worst day of your life. Oh, God, I don't know how that works, but anyhow, all right. All right, is up there. One, two, three. The problem is I'm not getting what I want. Now sit down. <laughs> Very good. I'm glad I don't live with you. That's all I can say. <laughs> you did that far too well. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and probably on the way home too, let's be honest. Probably, probably. Now, now, you might be saying, oh, that's rubbish. I don't get what I deserve. So you want what you deserve. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool. So maybe, just maybe, James gets this right. This is the source of every conflict you have, is what you want. Let's read on a little. I said this was a tricky, a tricky subject. What do you want? It's a very tricky subject. And what's, what makes this, this so darn um, difficult is because this is, this is the air we breathe. You're taught, you know, be what you want to be. Do what you want to do, you know. Have goals. Get what you want in life. You know, make life. What we're kind of realizing here is the problem in life is what I want. Listen, listen, it gets worse. This gets worse. Uh, he goes on and says, you desire, but you don't have, so you kill. The way you spoke a minute ago, I can sort of see that happening. Uh, and, and some of you, some of you check out right here, you go, oh, kill, I haven't killed anybody. I don't kill. No, I accept that. You don't murder. doesn't use the word murder. That's another little story. Um, uh, however, 
had, and I don't know everybody in the room, maybe you're in this room and you have killed, I don't know, maybe you've murdered somebody. No, don't put your hand up. But uh, <laughs> I see that hand, no I didn't. <laughs> but, but the truth is, if you have murdered somebody or you know somebody has murdered somebody, I know a pastor who's murdered somebody, but that's another story. And uh, he murdered them before he was a pastor. And uh, most pastors didn't want to murder somebody, I can assure you of that. But anyhow, um, he, this guy did murder someone. But the truth was, anybody who ever murders anybody, why do they murder them? Because they want something. Nobody ever murdered anybody, right, intent to murder, unless they wanted something. So, so James is right in a sense, but he's using hyperbole. And the reason I know he's using hyperbole is because he's not writing this for a specific person. He's not writing this to a, a group of people. So he's not referring to a murder. All right, so, you know, you go, well, I've never killed anybody, so that's not applying to me. How many of you in this room have seen a marriage die because a member of that marriage wanted too much? They wanted, 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 manipulated, tried to get, tried to get, tried to get, and then something broke. Well, how many of you in this room have seen an opportunity, a business opportunity, a career opportunity, a ministry opportunity, a workplace opportunity, die. Because somebody in it wanted too much. They wanted it too much and they killed it because they wanted it too much. You don't start harnessing your wants and understand what's behind the question, which we're going to be getting to a little bit later, of what you really want, the potential to destroy the things that most matter to you is very real and will probably be the future of your life. Probably by the time you're 47 years of age, you would have destroyed what matters most to you. If you've never taken the time to work through where James is leading us right about now, you would have killed something. You might not have killed someone, but you would have have killed something. He goes on and says you covet, not a word we use often, means that you pursue. It doesn't just mean that you want, it means you pursue it. There is a, uh, it's, it's a going after, it's a verb, it's a doing word. I'm, you're, you're grabbing, you're coveting, you're pushing. You still don't get it. And so you start to blame. And so you blame, I don't know, you blame the boss or you blame the prime minister or you blame the government or, or, or you, you blame the church or you blame your spouse, or you blame your, you blame your kids, or, or you blame your parents. You look for somebody to blame because you're not getting what you want. This is why it's so such a complex question. I'm not sure everybody should actually get what they want. And that's why so many people pray and they don't see any answers to their prayer because God understands the significance of what we're talking about tonight and He's not going to give you what you want. You might get it, but I'm not sure that God wants us all to have what we want. This, 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 is, this is for everybody, right? So right now, if you're on Facebook or uh, playing some game, just put your thing down for a minute and look at me, okay? If you're not a Christian, great, look at me. If you're a Christian, this, what I'm about to say applies to everybody, every situation, for all time. The human race, most of us, if not all of us, here tonight don't know you don't know what you really want 
because you're distracted by what you want. You don't know what you really want because you're so distracted by what your appetite says, by what your desires are. And the problem is there's no place in society to help you figure this out. No one's going to help you with this. If you don't work this out for yourself, no one's going to work it out for you. If you don't get to our Facebook site after tonight and, get, and have a look at the four or five questions and sit down with someone and work it through, ain't no one going to do it for you and you'll spend the rest of your life pursuing what you want, never knowing what you really want. And I want to put to you that the pursuing of what you want may be the definition of hell in the end. Pursuing what you really want may be the definition of heaven. Um, occasionally, have you ever been in a place where you're moved to tears? No, not, not because you got hurt, not because you stubbed your toe or someone you know, enforced physical pain on you, not because you didn't get your own way, but because you were moved. Have you ever been moved? Like moved by a circumstance, moved by a plight. To the point where tears just started streaming down your eyes. You might have been in a movie theater or something and you were watching something and it touched you deeply. And for just a moment, just, just a little moment of time, something went deep down into your soul and pulled out who you really are. And it was significant. And the movie stopped. Then you thought, oh, I'm hungry. Oi, I need something to drink. Oh, he's in my car space. And you know what I'm saying? What you really want, just, it, it's sort of, this movie brought it out, but then it let go and deep down inside of you, it dropped. And, and so many people get to the end of their life and never work this out. They pursued what they wanted and not what they really wanted. They pursued these surface appetites and desires. And they get to the end of their life and they look back and, and, and many times there is regret. Many times they fall short of what they really had hoped their life was going to add up to. You know, I read Stephen Covey many, many years ago now. And he, he talks about this whole idea of you know, imagining your funeral and talking about the kind of person you were and, and, and what you achieved and, and, and try to figure it out, from, try to work it back from there. And I think he was onto something. I think Covey's onto something. I really want you to stay tuned if you can to this whole series. Because if you can actually figure this out, you can become a different person. Where you are, where you end in life can be completely different if you can understand the difference between what you want and what you really want. What you really want exists in a realm that we rarely visit, we rarely explore. You spend your entire life wanting him, her, this, or that. And what you really want slips through your fingers until you can't grasp it anymore. This is the realm that Jesus constantly points towards. Jesus came to teach us what we really, really want. And to wrap this up tonight, we'll wrap it up with this next part of this next verse from James, his brother who takes us into this realm where what you really 
want is lurking. It's just in your peripheral vision. It's there. I haven't got to make it up. You haven't got to make it up. You discover it. It's there. But you have to pursue it. You have to understand what we're talking about. James gives us this insight when he says this. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. To which you say, well, why would I bother asking him? I know what he's going to say. Uh, <laughs> you ever said that about your mother? Why didn't you ask me? Well, I knew what you would have said. Right? Anyone, anyone, anyone ever thought that? I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> David, you're the one with courage. <laughs> Did you say that as a kid? <laughs> you're not going to speak again. Okay. <laughs> We've just shut him up for the next six weeks. His wife should send me $100. Um, I wasn't going to ask God because I know God would say no. Or your response is, well, I did ask God. To which James then says, when you ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives. That word wrong motives is interesting. I, I, you could translate that a few different ways. Um, you could say because you ask badly uh, it's not just wrong motives that, that's my point it's, it's not just some kind of well I've got to get my motives right no, no, no. there's more to it than this and, and it kind of alludes to that in the next phrase that you might spend what you get on what you want remember I talked about pleasure earlier that's why I used the word <laughs> that's what I want I want pleasure because you ask for pleasure, God's not giving it to you. Why? Go back and listen to earlier in the message and you'll find out the answer. See, James is referring that we ask God for stuff that in his wisdom he knows isn't going to serve us. You see, God is our father. And I can tell you something about a good father. I, I had a great father. I, I, I hope to be as good a father as the father I had. And I know my father, he never wanted anything from me. He only ever wanted for me. And your, God, your father in heaven, God, he doesn't want anything from you. He only wants what's best for you. And he knows, lurking in the shadows, just outside your peripheral vision, outside of what you focus on, it's not what you want. Here's the key. Here's the key. It's what you value there's the word it's what you value pastor tim preached an outstanding message this morning on beans and birthrights it's the same deal it's what i want over what i value and you can read the story in genesis about ishmael he, he he gave up his future he gave up what he valued for what he wanted why because he probably never was fortunate enough to sit here like you are tonight <laughs> and then take the questions and go home and wrestle them to the ground and apply them to his life maybe it would have been different for him had someone been able to say hey listen in life there's a lot of wants but don't let wants cloud out your values that's why it's really important that you're here next week and the week after as we try to navigate each person in this room to what it is that you actually value. If you don't, if you don't, a word of warning, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to tick off a list of wants. 
one other word as followers of Jesus we get this incredible incredible privilege to not just pursue what we value most but because we have direct communication with God we get to pursue what is most valuable so don't miss a moment the five questions will be up within probably the hour please go through them we're going to pick this up right at this point and continue on next Sunday night Father Lord you have placed within our hearts profound and deep values yet Lord we are every day surrounded drowning in a world that continues to stimulate our appetites and our our wants and tries to sell us stuff we can have and hold and brings us to believe all kinds of lies about who we are and where we should be. Father, bring us back, I pray, to the values that you've placed in our hearts. Let them bring true over these next few weeks, I ask in Jesus' name. God bless you. Why don't we just stand?